in a perfect world, I would definitely be like reading every assignment and really giving it my all. Um, but I just don't have the time. I don't have the focus to do that. So it's always a game of figuring out how much I can do and doing that much. I feel it mostly depends on the class for me. Mm -hmm. Most of my classes are reading based. So, you know, I just, uh, skim the abstract and read the conclusion. <laughs> I feel like I'm the oddball out at this table. Um, I am definitely somebody who tries to read every page, every word, Ooh, takes annotations in the margin. Okay. Um, <laughs> we, when we meet in class, there's only so much work that can happen. It, there are, um, we can have discussions, I can give short introductions, lectures. I also use Panopto to do many lectures ahead of time. Learning doesn't happen in the classroom. Learning happens, it happens elsewhere. It happens when you're reading, when you're writing especially, when you're um, reviewing for an exam. And I set up particularly longer papers and exams, uh, midterms and things like this, to help students learn the material. I really do. I, I'm a firm believer in open book uh, exams and I want them to learn the material in preparing for it. All students considered. All students considered. Wait, can we all whisper it at the same time? <laughs> One, two, three. All students considered. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about homework today. First of all, kind of the state of where we're at in our personal journeys at William Mary, the level of homework that we have, types of innovations that we'd love to see in the classroom, and then going into like homework hacks, what we recommend for students to use and what tools we like to see professors give us. And don't forget, we also have a special interview with faculty member Professor Rich Lowry from the Film and Media Studies Department and the English Department, who gives his two cents on homework, assignments, and answers some of students' most feared-to-ask questions. Don't touch that dial. It's a silly podcast. Oh my god. Yeah! <laughs> Let's go! Okay. Today, we're here talking about homework and assignments from classes, how we feel as students about the different types of assignments that we've had in our college careers, and thoughts we have about how they could be improved in future classes that we take. My name is Jacob. I'm Jada. I'm Claire. I'm Sam. And I'm Grace. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we thought that we would start this episode with kind of an overview of where we're at right now. So the current state of homework, and then we'll go towards, you know, what, what we can do in the future to make it better. So I feel like people are always complaining about homework. It's a big thing for college students to complain about all their assignments. Where is everybody at in terms of homework? Do you do your homework? Do you have too much of it? How do you feel about it? I feel it mostly depends on the class for me. Mm. Most of my classes are reading based, so, you know, I just uh, skim the abstract and read the conclusion. <laughs> I feel like skimming is, is a very heavy thing for me as well. For all my reading based classes, I uh, sometimes there's just a lot of reading and sometimes I simply don't have time. And so you've got to aggressively skim and that's okay. I also will admit I have um, a fatal case of senioritis and so the level of dedication to my assignments has been um, drastically decreasing so that's me I'm definitely pro skim as well <laughs> I absolutely skim when I feel a need be I read whenever I feel like I have the time and I feel like I'm actually interested 
even sometimes when I do have the time and I look at it and I'm just like, Ugh. I'll, I'll just skim <laughs> it. But yeah, I'm definitely pro skim. And when it's like more STEM classes and we've got those problem sets, I do them when I can and I get the grade that I get and I move on. <laughs> In a perfect world, I would definitely be like reading every assignment and really giving it my all. Um, but I just don't have the time. I don't have the focus to do that. So it's always a game of figuring out how much I can do and doing that much. I feel like I'm the oddball out at this table. Um, I am definitely somebody who tries to read every page, every word, Ooh, takes annotations in the margin. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, but I also, I always like would try to take courses that I genuinely like wanted to take. And I got really lucky um, during my time here. I never had to take a math course um, because, Welcome. you know, God bless a four on BC calculus. Um, <laughs> um, I never had to take a language course. Um, so I, I pretty much like picked classes that I knew I was going to enjoy. Um, but it was definitely, there was sacrifices involved. Uh, freshman year, I took 18 credits. I think I went Oof. to bed at 4 a.m. every single night and was back up by 8. Ah. Wow. And that was just a personal choice, the 18 credits. You weren't trying Oh, to... yeah. I just okay. wanted to do it. I was like, were you trying to graduate in two years? Or <laughs> So what we're learning is that Grace is insane, and uh, she's, she's the outlier in our sample here, and she should be discounted. No, I mean, I think that that speaks to every student has their own style of doing homework, right? Some people are going to be much more you know, thorough um, and, and taking notes on everything they read, and some people are just going to skim and some people are gonna be okay with like maybe getting a slightly lower grade just because they want to prioritize their mental health or their sleep or something like that um yeah is there anything that you see in the current like homework system that's outdated or, or things that you know you would like to push aside as we move forward in this century i would really like to have homework assignments that are a little bit more like tailorable to my own interests mm. i take a lot of classes where I get very specific homework, like problem sets, for example, where we do like calculations having to do with stuff that we had been learning in class or, um, you know, even like a reading. Oftentimes the class isn't about the entire reading. It's about different sections of the reading or maybe you're writing a paper in response to the reading. And I definitely thrive when I have the ability to choose what I read or maybe redesign an assignment to you know, interest me more in some way. So I definitely look for those opportunities with my professors, and I would appreciate if my professors gave more opportunities to do that. They, they gave those, those options to say, hey, here's a homework assignment I designed. Or if you, you know, have a different idea for something you want to work on or, like, something you want to study, like, come talk to me and let's do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a really good segue into kind of our next section, which is, what innovations would you like to see? What things have professors done really well in your homework assignments that you would like to see more professors do? Um, as a STEM person, I think the only thing I can really think of is dropping the lowest homework grade mm, out of like yeah. a certain number. Just because like, if you're in a math class, you just have to practice if you want to get better. Mm -hmm. There's just really, I'm not sure if there's really any other way to do it. And, you know, I plan on being a chemistry major. Did I like Gen Chem? No. <laughs> do I know anyone who likes Gen Chem? Not really, but I do know a lot of people who are doing it anyways, because that's just how you got to do when you're a STEM major. And it's like, you just got to get through these things and you have to hope that like, 
your lowest one wasn't that bad. Mm. Yeah, I think flexibility, I've definitely experienced that in my classes too, where I've had professors who were really nice and saying like, hey, you can just not turn in one assignment and I won't ask any questions and that's totally fine because we all have those things that happen in our life. And like you could either budget it at the beginning if you're having you know some sort of medical problem or something or you could use it towards the end of the semester when you're super busy. I really like, you know, like you were saying, Jada, that uh, flexibility with assignments and grading. Something that's fresh in my mind because I just just now before coming to this podcast record session was working on an assignment with my friend Cole and we were um, like we had been given a problem set for one of my classes and assigned to do it together and I really liked that idea because there was a lot of things on that problem set that I would have really struggled to do myself and I suspect that Cole probably would have had a lot of trouble doing it himself so having the ability to sit with someone and like kind of work on a problem next to each other and then compare answers or sometimes like try to troubleshoot what we were doing together really was awesome for me. And I know that a lot of classes homework might look different. Like if it's just reading a book or something that might be a difficult thing to do with a lot of people. But I think there are a lot of opportunities in most classes to do collaborative homework. And that's something that I have really enjoyed personally. It really helps me focus on the assignment and feel like I'm doing something not just for the grade, but for the experience of working as a team. I think that's a really really great point because it also points out the fact that like you have to go out in your class and like maybe meet new people and like try to make friends. I will say I am not the best person at doing that. When I walk into a class, I sit in the front row and I do not look behind me. So there is like a ton of people who I probably would have known but didn't realize and I just realized like this past week like there's a girl who lives in my hall who was in the same class as me and I never knew (laughs) I never knew (laughs) but maybe if we had collaborative assignments I would have you know looked around the classroom and seen oh I can work with her I know her yeah 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 Yeah, I think um, in addition to having collaborative assignments something else that I've really appreciated Um, over my time here at William & Mary is whenever we have a variety in the type of assignments and homework that we're assigned. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think at the end of the day, you know, no matter, and I understand like some STEM courses and different math classes, like sometimes, you know, there's only like certain things that you can do to practice a skill. Um, But in a lot of humanities courses, what we're learning or the learning objectives and goals that we have are more skills and more kind of focused on Um, things that could be learned in multiple modes and multiple methods. And so I think when you limit that learning to simply reading a novel, you're kind of limiting students um, in a way, and you're kind of forcing them all and pigeonholing them to learn about something in one manner. And I know a course that I took that I loved, uh, it was called the American 1950s uh, with Professor Rich Lowry. And we had all sorts of different assignments and homeworks. Uh, we read Lifetime magazine mm. from the 1950s. We watched 1950s sitcoms. Uh, we read some books from the 1950s. We watched some movies from the 1950s. We listened to music from the 1950s. And it was really cool to pull themes from across all of those different uh, forms of media and kind of pull out the commonalities and we were still able to meet those learning objectives, but it was like fun and it was fresh. And everyone like had different things that they really enjoyed doing. 
I will give a shameless plug um, for I love when professors assign podcasts to listen to. Um, this is not does not work for everybody, but for me, I really find it helpful because it lets me manage my time much more efficiently. I can you know do laundry while I'm listening to the podcast. Yes. I can go on a walk. And I feel like I learn very well through listening. And so that is really nice when a professor assigns that. I will even get some of my books as audiobooks um, just because I really like to learn that way. So that's a shameless plug for me. Please assign podcasts. Well, shameless plug as well. Um, my current class that I'm in with uh, uh, Dr. Butler, um, my health policy class, she she provides a variety of assignments for us to do. So our first one was a paper, but we also had to... Uh, present about it in like succinct way where we didn't bore the whole class of 50 people <laughs> um, which again it's health policy uh, kind of hard to do <laughs> yeah, but uh, there's always a variety of assignments and she always changes with us like she knows that we don't like certain aspects of some assignments so she cuts them out and adds new ones like more tailored to us which I think is a very like cool thing to do yeah yeah I do really like that one other thing that we had talked about was when you're assigning readings, telling students what to look for. Mm -hmm. I, we had kind of expressed um, in our like pre-taping conversation like a little bit of frustration in terms of if you're reading a really long, you know, 600-page novel, like Grace was saying, and then we only end up talking about one scene in class, which it might be a really important scene, but then there is that kind of frustration of, oh my gosh, I read all of these pages and I didn't know what to focus on, and so I didn't focus on the right thing. Whereas if the professor had said up front, hey, all of this is important, however, we are going to be really highlighting this one passage, so maybe like, you know, do light reading on the rest of it, but really like go in depth on this section. I think that that transparency and that openness is really helpful in terms of letting me know when I can kind of skim a little bit more and when to really read in depth and take notes. Mm -hmm. I really agree with that, and I think it makes it much more engaging and exciting mm -hmm. as a student. Mm -hmm. Like when I've taught before, when I give a homework assignment, I'm usually really thinking about like how it'll play into the next class. Like, yeah. oh, this is going to be a really interesting thing for us all to learn together. And then it's going to really just like connect with the next lesson that I have prepped. And I imagine instructors generally feel the same way at William & Mary. But sometimes as a student, I don't quite see that connection as easily. And it'd be really cool to he hear my professors just like, say straight up like hey this is really cool and i think you're going to really enjoy this because next lesson we're going to connect in this way or something like that it, doing that sort of signposting is really helpful to me personally <clears throat> all students considered all students considered we've kind of talked about the present state of homework and also we've talked about the really positive things that we've gotten from assignments and from professors. So our next section, we're titling Homework Hacks, but also if you were a professor, if you were designing a course in this ideal world, what would your assignments look like? What types of things would you assign and, and how would you encourage students to do those assignments? Well, we already talked about collaboration being one of the big things we wanted to see mm. in uh, going forward in education. So maybe a more collaborative assessment or like giving the option to work in groups and having the people who don't want to work in groups not work in groups. Yeah. I think for me, I'm like really big on being able to have a deliverable like at the end of a course, mm. like kind of being creative and allowing students to make something that they feel reflects them, but also like reflects the material that we're supposed to learn. 
Um, so I think in my ideal world uh, where I professor, I would want homework and assignments to be cumulative, not something that's graded as we go, but kind of something that you work on throughout the semester um, and kind of maybe is like at the end you have like some cool like video that you've produced or maybe yeah. like a magazine that you've made with like mm. different issues mm-hmm. for each like homework or you know maybe an album where like different songs or like different like topics I don't know something that you kind of make and maybe there's check-in points where you have to submit like a track that you've done up until this point but I think very multimedia um, allowing students to choose what they want to do allowing them the option of making it collaborative just so that way I think you're going to get a better like finished product and you're also going to get something that like they actually care about and are invested in and want to do a good job on. Yeah, I totally agree, Grace. And even, I mean, I feel like we think about this in the humanities in terms of producing some sort of final tangible product, but also in my STEM classes, I've seen this happen um, for my, um, oh gosh, statistical data analysis class, I think is what it was called, Um, 352. Um, Our final project was like analyzing a real world data set using R. um, And I actually brought that up in a job interview one time because they were like, oh, what data analysis experience do you have? And I was like, well, I did this project for my class. And so it's a really nice way to get students engaged with the material, but also giving them something to put on their portfolio or something to mention that they have that actual like concrete experience rather than just those, you know, more theoretical abstract problem sets that we tend to assign. Yeah, and I feel like often when I read through the textbook for a lot of my classes, and granted, like, I'm a STEM major, so a lot of the (laughs) textbooks that I have are very, like, technical, Mm. um, there are usually, like, practice problems or, like, questions that look eerily similar to the things that my professors might put on their (laughs) problem sets or, like, on a test and things like that. And so I question whether or not the like recreating that in the classroom is really adding a whole lot of like a whole lot more than the textbook already brought to the Mm. class. Um, So I guess that's a long way of saying that I really agree with what Grace and Claire (laughs) were saying. Even in a technical class, I think there's a lot of opportunity to create more human products for our homeworks. Um, Things that I couldn't have just necessarily done all out on my own without the support and the, interest of my instructor so I think those are like the best assignments for me is when it it goes beyond the stuff that I could just be like reading the textbook at home yeah absolutely I mean I think I really appreciate when instructors know how to play to their own interests and strengths or when they'll bring up a topic and say hey I actually like did my dissertation on this and here's what I found and I feel like having that level of investment in the course and showing students that you have that investment is just so so positive and I really love that yeah Because taking the same class at different institutions or with different professors is always going to be a different experience. Mm -hmm. And I think leaning into that and making it a personal experience where it's like, hey, this is what I actually like know the most about. Like, let's focus the class on that to some extent. Or if you have a specific interest, you know, you can focus your independent research on that. I think that works very well for me personally. Yeah. I think um, one of the other last things that we mentioned was um, just the volume of assignments. I think it's really easy for students to get overwhelmed with the amount of readings and problem sets to do on top of, you know, people have jobs, people have other classes, people have extracurriculars. There's just a lot to do. And um, I I definitely have classes that assign a lot of reading, and I totally understand those professors because they're thinking, well, all of this reading is important. They all, like, play together, right? It's, It's nice to compare contrast. But if there is that volume of reading, sometimes it's really hard to like actually get into it, to analyze it, to do that much deeper connection. 
So I think if I were designing a course, I would really try to cut down on like the volume of reading. So maybe you do have multiple sources, but maybe it's just an excerpt or maybe you really get deep into one source. I think that that really lets you like actually analyze the text in a, in a more meaningful way as opposed to students just struggling to keep up with the volume of reading like we all we all do sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree with that. As another humanities major, the amount of reading we have, it's just like sometimes you just got to pick your battles of what you actually want to read and what you <laughs> yeah. actually mm -hmm. can like skim and then what you're not going to even touch. <laughs> I know, I really appreciate it. Um, I had uh, an English professor, Professor uh, Deborah Morse, um, and she would always have one reading that was like, okay, this is what we actually need to do. But just like kind of understanding that like, yeah, sometimes there is more to this or maybe, you know, I also feel like this is important. She would have a list of optional readings and she would mm. include those on Blackboard mm -hmm. and she'd be like, you don't have to read these. But like if you're interested, if you want to know more, then here are these articles and you can look at them, but you don't have to. And that was so nice. <laughs> I love that too. I have uh, my professor for modern Hinduism slash I've taken two other classes with him, Professor Burchett. He does that all the time. He'll be like, if you are interested in this, like there's a documentary you can watch. There are articles you can read. And I love that students get to kind of choose their level of engagement with the course because some people are just going to be taking the course, you know, to get the credit, but some people are really, really interested. And so allowing students to have that kind of like choose your own adventure, choose how deep you want to go into the topic. I absolutely love that. My international security professor also built in supplemental readings into the syllabus, which was something which I thought was interesting. Like each week he would post something and it would just be the reading, supplemental readings. And if you want to be interested about something, he also had a discussion board about it. So like people could come and talk to him about it on the discussion board or in office hours. So oh, that's that so really cool. cool. Yeah, I've never seen that before. That's so interesting. All students considered. <laughs> I hated that so much. Oh. All right, so um, I guess brainstorming uh, things that we can add on to this segment, uh, maybe different faculty members that we might want to bring in, interview. Um, I know that I had mentioned earlier, um, I really enjoyed uh, the course that I took with Rich Lowry uh, in the film department. Uh, the course, he just incorporated like so many different forms of media in our homework and into our assignments. Uh, we even had like an assignment where we had to create a 1950s themed like television show or movie Whoa. but like nowadays oh, and like sad. subvert themes so like we had to take the themes of the 1950s but we had to like make it like make commentary on today so like a black person in white face like switching that <laughs> i mean like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> jada you can say that, can say that. <laughs> nobody else in this room can say no, that. I um but I it was, it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> all right well um, but yeah, it was just like a really cool course. And like, I remember like my final project I did on Lifetime, uh, Life Magazine. And I thought you meant the network. No. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Lifetime. <laughs> Lifetime. No, I did on like Life Magazine, um, specifically an article that came out in the 1950s and it was called The American and His, and His Economy. And it was like, basically like looking at like how magazine like sold the American dream. Whoa. Um, but it was fun. But anyway, like that was just... Cool class, really cool professor, and really neat assignments. I just hadn't taken a class like that. All students considered. All students considered. Hi, I am Grace Helmick. I'm an educational media technician here at the Studio for Teaching and Learning Innovation. And today I am here with Rich Lowry, 
a professor in the film and media studies department as well as the English department. And we are gonna be having a conversation surrounding assignments and homework. So thank you first off, Professor Lowry, for joining us. Oh, um, it's my pleasure. We are so glad to have you here, especially just because, you know, I was telling you earlier, I feel like in your classes, I had the most fun on the assignments and on the homework. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I don't hear that a lot. <laughs> no, I, I think it's true. Um, but I think a lot of that had to do with um, specifically some of the classes that I got to take with you. Um, but first and foremost, just from a faculty's perspective, what do you think the purpose of assignments and homework are? How do you approach these when you're planning your courses and when you're looking to assign things? That's a complicated question, uh, much more complicated than it sounds. Part of it is that we, when we meet in class, there's only so much work that can happen. It, there are, um, we can have discussions, I can give short introductions, lectures. I also use Panopto to do many lectures ahead of time. But it's, it's actually surprisingly limited. Um, even an 80-minute class, I'll feel cramped in it. Uh, so I use homework. I don't even think of it that way. Assignments, um, discussion boards, um, short papers, mostly informal to get students as up to speed to as I can for a discussion or the sorts of things they're going to have in class. Part of this, you were in one course where I gave what were called incentive quizzes just to make sure people have done the reading. Literally, that's all I needed out of that. Um, there are others where I ask them to think about an issue that is not obvious in a film and so that they they can have their eyeballs on that by the time they show up. So when I ask that question about um, something that happened in the middle of the film, they don't, I don't get you know just blank stares. So that's that's one of the things that I do. The other thing is that um, the learning doesn't happen in the classroom. Learning happens. It happens elsewhere. It happens when you're reading, when you're writing especially, when you're um, reviewing for an exam. And I set up particularly longer papers and exams, uh, midterms and things like this, to help students learn the material. I really do. I, I'm a firm believer in open book uh, exams, and I want them to learn the material in preparing for it. Because I, I know that people fall behind in the reading and that I don't want to be policing it. Um, but I do want to reward those that, people that stay up with it. So those are, um, you'll notice that I'm not saying anything about evaluation. That does happen. But that's not why I do outside classwork. Yeah, I think something that you said that really like stuck out to me is that learning happens outside the classroom. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of times, just listening to students, sometimes they feel like, you know, homework or assignments can be busy work, or it feels like, you know, why am I doing this? What is the purpose of it? You know, am I actually going to get something out of this? And a lot of times it seems like students are very willing to do work, 
if they find that it's going to be beneficial to them, if they're going to better grasp the material, um, you know, even, I mean, not going to lie, some students take a class just because they need to take the class. But even those students, you know, are willing to do something if it's going to help make the class easier for them. You know, so I think that's something that's kind of important is making sure that this learning can happen and, you know, figuring out ways that it's going to happen. Yeah, it's, um, we can lead you to water, but we can't make you drink, right? Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't, I don't see this as like a problem, a problem with students at all. I think this is just the way uh, we're all wired with, with labor, you know, with working hard. Um, and it's, the, my experiences were learn with learning had been that it was, only like after a lecture maybe or after a course or sometimes in another class that something I'd learned in the first class I'd go oh 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 that's what that's about um, and I, I really kind of believe in that process that um, I can't um, I can't tell you what you're going to get out of it um, but I'm going to set up as many ways for you to get things out of it as I can, many different ways, M you know, more doors, as many different doors into the subject matters there are. And that's why, you know, I vary things around and do as much as I can in, yeah, even in class, breaking people into groups or not, lecturing, pointing out things, you know. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of a good segue into um, talking about the American America in the 1950s course mm -hmm. that you taught last fall um, and that I took last fall because, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that I know for me personally as a student, and I think a lot of students at William & Mary, we're perfectionist. We care a lot about getting things right. And, you know, I'm someone that's very naturally curious. I like to learn for the sake of learning. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when there's, you know, evaluation stamped on it, it's it's scary or it's hard to get past that and to actually move into true learning. You know, so I think having a lot of different options, having those different doors are extremely helpful to students because, you know, maybe you're not a great writer, but maybe you can talk really, you can speak really well. Maybe... Yep you know, you're really artistic and having these different modes of expressing knowledge, I think it's just really important for students because then they get to showcase how they're learning and, you know, maybe they can make more connections. It's, you know, um, it, that course, first, uh, first of all, I just wanted to say in general that um, one of the things that is, was important to me to learn as a teacher was that you know, most of the time, my course isn't the most important course they're taking. And that uh, it's okay. It's okay for, like, uh, students to show up with different levels of investment in what we're doing. Some people are like bananas, and other people are not quite checked out. If they're in class, they're not completely checked out. But, you know, this is just a, um, this is something they ended up in, as you said, maybe just to take the course. I've had, of course, students that take courses because of the time it's taught. Back when I taught 8 AMs, I don't teach those anymore. Um, you know, I had a lot of um, athletes who were just getting off practice, and this was a good time for them to come for a class. Uh, and they were, they were fine uh, students, but they, weren't, they were invested very differently in it than mm -hmm. some of the early majors and things like this. Um, but in getting to the uh, question of um, uh, 
of varying things. One of the things I liked about that, uh, the I like about this course. First of all, it's a seminar, so we have a lot batting for us already. It's like it's a small class. I'm going to get to know everyone real well. I can adjust assignments to specific people, and I can adjust them uh, on the fly as the semester goes on. I, I often scramble things around, but. Uh, uh, the other thing is, is that we, as you say, we covered, yeah, let's see, we did fiction, we did sitcoms, we did drama, we did uh, dramatic films, we did, we did drama, we actually did a play, we did um, uh, rock and roll. In the past, I don't think we did photography that year, but I've done photog uh, uh, photography. Um, and one of the things that is exciting and important about that course is that no one's in their comfort zone the whole time, and that includes me, okay? <laughs> um, and it's, it's the sort of, I do probably get a little jump because I, I watch the stuff, I've watched the stuff before, but it is a sense that um, that kind of encounter with material it's okay not to be a perfectionist. You can't be a perfectionist in all those things. You can't write, you know, if you're an English major, you can't, you're not gonna write uh, the perfect paper on a film and vice versa. There aren't many people that can, uh, or, write, or write something on, on Little Richard's rock and roll. It's not gonna happen. And that's almost freeing. Right, so I give, I give uh, in fact, I was, this is funny, I ran across, uh, uh, after you contacted me about this, I ran across a handout that I pass around about how to watch a sitcom. <laughs> and I was looking at it, and I thought, oh, I don't even remember like handing this out, but I did, I, obviously I did. I, I think I probably handed it out to you guys. And it was a way of like, so what's funny matters. So look for what's funny. Look at it as something that is tied to some form of uh, dramatic conflict, or if it's relief that the conflict gets, it, it's, uh, it's relief that the conflict gets re resolved. Is it something to divert us from uh, a more serious issue that could be a downer or something like that? And um, uh, so I, I had a few questions about it, and I thought, oh my gosh, I, <laughs> I thought more about this than I thought. Um, uh, this is, these are the kind of things that the first time you do them are revelatory. They like stick with you real hard. So yeah, I had you guys write, I think the first, I, I had it scheduled so that papers, you had to write about something, um, one of the genres or one of the media only for each of the papers, the small short papers. Yes. Yeah. And, and so you couldn't. You couldn't stay in your um, your lane, so mm -hmm. to speak. I thought that was great. I just um, uh, everyone seems to respond very well to it. I think it's it's something that I try in my other courses. We're doing um, uh, in the uh, introduction to literature course. We're going to be doing a um, we're going to be doing a film um, and. They won't get it. It's okay. I've, I'll give them a guide. We'll talk about narrative and character, and and uh, they'll be it'll be a little heavy on dialogue, but that's fine. It it just gets them out of their their uh, wheelhouse and gets them into thinking about the issues that really matter.
Yeah, I think that's something kind of that you're getting at that I find is just really important about homework and assignments in general that I think students oftentimes miss is the fact that, you know, we're not supposed to have it perfectly. Mm -hmm. It's not supposed to be a demonstration of the perfection of knowledge. That's what assessment's for. You know, it's supposed to be practice. It's Mm -hmm. supposed to be getting out of your comfort zone, maybe trying something new, and maybe being okay with not understanding something, which I think is something that a lot of students struggle with. Most of the things that you and I learn don't get applied in the context in which we learn them. We, we take them elsewhere. We just do. So it's, and that's what you want it to be is kind of portable. Um, mm-hmm. That There's a habit that William and Mary students have of asking for extensions because it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Right? They put it off because it's not going to be perfect. I, I can tell. Um, and I get that. I appreciate that. And sometimes, and look, there are plenty of times you need extensions, and I'm fine with that. But um, it, it's it, it's something that I think is important to uh, accommodate when it's needed, because we all want to do as well as we can, and that's part of my job is to make sure everyone can. But it's also something that you want to disrupt a little bit, you know, and and make it okay, um, like taking pictures of an egg with a light on the left. Well, thank you, Professor Lowry, so much uh, for being here today and for talking about all things assignments, homework, um, and all the other fun things and happenings within the classroom. Oh, Grace, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Of course. All students considered. All students considered. Yeah, so throughout this podcast, we've talked a lot about different ways that we can implement homework and different ways that students like to see those assignments outside of the classroom. So if we're talking directly to faculty members, what we'd love you to hear is that any sort of deviation from the status quo is really encouraged. If you can make collaborative assignments, if you can do multimedia assignments, students love variety and it really helps us learn better. So that's what we would encourage here at the Steely Podcast. We also got to hear from faculty members on how, from a faculty perspective, you know, we can lead students to water, but you can't make them drink, <laughs> I guess. Or, you know, we can't make students do the assignments um, that are assigned. And so having a variety of things available, trying to get students out of their comfort zone, maybe try doing something that they wouldn't ordinary, ordinarily do, something that's outside of their discipline, um, is really encouraged as well. And it's okay to maybe not know what you're doing because homework and assignments aren't an assessment. They are a way for us to grow and learn as individuals, and that should be on the students uh, on the students side as well as the faculties. Thank you so much for tuning in to All Students Considered. Catch you in the next episode. I wish some of my professors would lead me to water and make me drink. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was all over the place in that. My words were like, blah, blah, blah. I loved that metaphor, Grace. It really got me. I've been like Claire being very gently led. I would like love to be led to a pond for one of my glasses.